company believed that they had come up with a new technology that allowed them to do blood testing based not on what you know we we typically look at as uh, I got to go to have my tests done so I go to the doctor and he sticks the burning needle it's about as big around as a pencil in the crook of my arm and sucks out you know four gallons of blood and then they send it off to the testing lab right their concept was um, just like you uh, would do the little I think it was a sugar test or something back in the day they prick your the tip of your finger they take a couple of micro vials they even came up with some sort of uh, name for their 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 vial testing capability and and given that little tiny amount of blood, they started doing blood tests using that instead of this invasive needle stick and, you know, taking, you know, a test tube full of blood. So all well and good. Um, the company became a darling, um, you know, great story, um, uh, CEO that seemed to be completely with it. 2014, um, cover article on Fortune magazine, uh, and everything was going swimmingly well until uh, an investigative journalist for the Wall Street Journal started hearing that maybe things weren't as good as uh, industry believed. Uh, In that interim time, uh, the company had gained $750 million in venture funding, And to your point, um, at one point in 2014, the estimate was um, a a value of $9 billion. Uh, In the interim, uh, well, so in the interim, though, in this article, the uh, journalist, John Kerry, you started uh, talking to former employees and the the story sort of didn't stack up. And essentially, uh, by that time, the company was telling industry and their investors that they were doing over 200 tests, blood tests, for 200 different conditions using this micro technology. Um, turns out that while they were doing 200 tests, most of those tests were being done on regular old industry standard equipment, and you still had to go have the vampires suck all that blood out of you. So the, the micro technology was not working the way that it was. Yeah. So they're actually, just to jump in here, there was actually, um, they were, their, their process was testing 200, uh, for 200 different things, but the technology that, that, that the $9 billion valuation was based on was actually only performing one of those 200. The other 199 were, were done uh, almost the exact same way that it had always been done. So um, there was, and, and you know, and, and to just put a little context to some of this, and I'm going to let you keep going because this, this is so fascinating to me. I'm actually reading the article for the fourth time as you're talking, and it just is, uh, it just, there's so much here. Um, uh, the crux of this is that there, while all this is going on, while this investigative journalist is doing this, and Marta's going to explain even more of what, what came out, she is towing the line in an almost combative, off, yeah, combative or like offensively confident way that this is like gangbusters, world changing, 
um, unstoppable machine. So, um, so, so this is while this this guy is going on uh, doing all this research. Right. So, so, so um, as our as our loyal listeners know, uh, I've been around the industry um, and technology for quite some time. And back in the day, there used to be a saying that went something like this. Okay, you can never be too thin, too rich, too good looking, or have too many CPU cycles, right? CPU cycles being the process of the computer, because back in the day, computers were fairly slow. Well, the CEO of this company that uh, you just identified, Elizabeth Holmes, had three of those nailed. I have no idea about her computer, okay? Very good looking. She sort of donned the mantle of Stephen Jobs, right? Dressed in all black all the time. With the turtleneck. Well- she she yeah. actually has said that she like sees herself as like the second coming female version of Steve Jobs. Yeah. So so she so so she's got it all going on. And of course, that's one of the reasons why Wall Street loved this, right? Because this was the the classic story. She quit school, she quit Stanford University at 19 after she'd found the the company, okay? She's got a rock star board. Um one of her board members uh, is Henry Kissinger, who says that she's got one of the strongest wills he's ever seen. Okay, but the problem that exhibited itself that you started to bring us to is this um, this attitude, which is I'm smarter than you are. Our technology is probably too complicated for your tiny little head to deal with. And oh, by the way, it's top secret, so we're not going to tell you anything about it. And that wall worked for a while. The problem is, is that when the cracks started with this October 2015 article, people began to question. The funny thing is, in December of 2015, the guy who wrote the cover article for Fortune a year earlier, the summer of 2014, actually published not really a retraction, but an apology to his readers stating, I didn't do my investigative due diligence. When I got these sort of opaque answers, when I asked the specific question, how many tests are being done on the micro technology, and I didn't get a real answer I let them say it's a complicated subject and I let that I didn't follow that lead hard enough. I'm sorry I let my readers down. So now fast forward to January and and now the news is really starting to come out. The company had gotten into a uh, relationship with Walgreens where they were um actually in 40 they'd created 40 clinics I think in Florida and Walgreens starts backing away. So add fuel to the fire. Now the SEC is investigating whether or not material misrepresentations were made by senior leadership of the company as to the technology and the potential success. And to make matters worse, a unit of the Department of Health has basically said, number one, the microcontainer isn't FDA approved. So the thing that you're using to collect your blood samples isn't approved. 
and only the one test, which you referred to earlier, is the only thing that you can do using this thing. And more importantly, we think that your lab is so, it's staffed by people who don't have the appropriate um, credentials and the results can't be relied upon. So they are threatening now to prohibit this woman and her CEO or or, uh, her chief operating officer from being involved in any blood analytical work for the next two years. Yeah. The other piece is too, uh, Safeway. Safeway backed out of, uh, they were meant, they were going to be in 800 Safeway stores. They had like these special Theranos sections of Safeways in their, in their, you know, in the, the medical section, the pharmacy section, and they've backed out of the deal completely. $350 million invested in Safeway said, we don't care. We're getting, we're pulling the ripcord. So, um, you know, it, so let's. So what does all this mean, right? Theranos is in the medical industry. This is a podcast about uh, insurance. Um, something that Marty and I talk about every single day are the disruptors, right? And um, Vertifor had a really great virtual conference about digital disruption in our industry. Um, they've also written a lot about it. We've written a lot about it. We had the Google Compare announcement. We did our own um, webinar, which had you know, uh, over 1,200 people register for uh, to hear, you know, people to hear some uh, insurance thought leaders come on from around the industry to talk about Google Compare and what that meant and what this whole idea of disruption. There's two things that came out of this for me. And and uh, and then, you know, Marty and I are going to talk about this a little more. There's two main ideas. One, people in Silicon Valley and that mentality, not just that that geographical region, but let's take that mentality, right? These people are incredibly motivated. They have opportunity. Here's a 19-year-old woman, incredibly smart, incredibly driven, who is given the opportunity to take on the the medical testing um, industry and just just take it over. I mean, let's say her product worked. Now, she had an epic fail, right? She plowed through her product not working because, and we'll talk a little bit about this as well, you know, she kind of plowed through that. And I think a lot of, she plowed through some stop signs, and I think a lot of that has to do with the whole uh, venture capital investment world. Um, when you take $750 million from venture capitalists, they don't want to hear my product doesn't work, right? We need to step back and reevaluate and rebuild. That, that's not what they want to hear. These people don't get in it to build businesses. They get in it to, to, to hit one of these unicorns and sell the thing and then put more money in another company, right? So there is an incredible amount of pressure on these companies these people are driven, they're motivated, and they believe almost at like a religious level that technology can overcome the common obstacles that we face in our everyday lives, right? They believe that. They believe that as much as they believe in anything else. They believe that technology can do things that humans can't do, that their predecessors have not thought of, and they can do it better and faster and for less money. And that's what they honestly believe. So, so you have not just evangelists, but you have true believers. These are people who wake up every morning and think, I can do it better than, and then pick the industry. I mean, that's, that's the mentality. So you're not just dealing with people who are looking to make money or who have motivation or are good business people. You're dealing with almost like a, a religion. It's, it's like a religion to them. 
And and that is scary to me it, a little bit, right? Because now you take you take Theranos out, and and we talked about Zenefits, right? Put Zenefits in here. This is literally Zenefits. Now Zenefits didn't have the, quite the epic fail that that Theranos had, but the same type of issues. You have a leader who thinks that he's smarter, that his company is better, that he and that the people who've come before him have absolutely no idea what they're doing. That are completely antiquated and that technology will make them obsolete and was willing to bypass uh, regulations, was willing to bypass transparency, was willing to bypass a lot of things in order to get to that end game. And where, you know, and Marty, this is where I want you to jump in here. What worries me, I shouldn't say worry, worry is the wrong word. A challenge, and this is a better way to position it, a challenge that we are going to face as an industry is that uh, uh, go to CB Insights, go to their insurance blog, and look at all the companies that are coming after the insurance space. If you think that Google Compare going away means that uh, digital disruptors are, are going to be put on the back burner, you are out of your mind. These, these, these people are laser-focused on our industry because there's so much money here, right? I mean, think about how many agents you know that – are making that that work eh, and make a lot of money, right? This is a great industry to be in. And there are people coming after it. And what we have to be prepared for as an industry is to not just fight the people that are doing it right, but the people who are hell-bent on making change regardless of whether or not they're doing it, they're bypassing regulations, they're, you know, cutting corners. I mean, they're going to make change. Because they believe it's like they're almost like their destiny to do this. And that's what really I see as a major challenge in our industry. I, I uh, saw an interview with uh, this John Kerry, who was the uh, Wall Street Journal investigative re- reporter who, who broke the story in October. Sort of the, you know, the first, uh, the king has no clothes uh, disclosure on Theranos. And uh, this, the comment that he made, I think, you know, it ties this up in a neat and tidy little bow. And what he said is, this is an example of the conflict between highly regulated industries and the ethos of Silicon Valley, the belief of Silicon Valley. And that is that regulation is bad. Because it gets in the way of innovation. We're going to innovate. And we will make the next great thing. And we'll worry about the regulation later. And the challenge to that attitude is, if you don't get it right, real people get hurt. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. So it's... I'm going to go on a little bit of a soapbox here and say, you know, there there are. You're kidding me. Not me, right? God forbid. Um, There are a lot of people that hate on trustedchoice.com, right? There are a lot of non believers. We talk to state executives every day who, you know, every. And and thankfully, you know, almost every single state exec is is amazing, right? They see the vision. Uh, We're doing some things with some targeted uh, SEO work inside of certain states. And it's and it's been incredible. But every single one of them will give us, you know, kind of the the feedback on what the word is in their state. And every single one of them will say, you know, I got these detractors. And and here's the deal. 
I think where TrustedChoice.com and Agency Nation and just the universe that you and I live in every single day and the work that we do, what separates us from these other players, these other disruptors that are coming into the market is that we respect the people and the regulations that, that govern this industry, right? And the work that we do plays inside the space. Now, some people may be saying, yeah, Ryan, well, that world is broken. There's no doubt that there are, that, that there are incredible obstacles created by people who just simply would rather that, that no action is easier for them than actually taking action that might be better for the industry. There's no doubt that there are people like that. There's no doubt that regulation, it, that we're over-regulated in some, in some instances and that there are things that, you know, just aren't necessarily relevant anymore that we have to still do. And there is no doubt that there are vendors in our space who still require you to fax in wet signed documents to get business done, right? And, and these things should not be handled, you know, there are ways to do them better. But I, I don't think, and, and I could be wrong about this, but I think this is why we continue to grow month after month and you see, you know, insurance digital disruptor after insurance digital disruptor make a huge splash and then you don't hear from them again right and then all of a sudden they're revamping their business or or they're becoming an e-agency right so all these digital disruptors who who came in three or four years ago uh the zebra and 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 everyone else um they're all becoming e-agencies all they're doing is becoming independent agents that's that that is what's happening if you look at them all they hit the market they go oh my god Right. Like, look at what this is. Every state has its own regulations. There's this there's this workforce of independent agents who've established themselves in communities who people trust more than 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 e-businesses. And now all they're trying to do is reposition themselves as and in some cases, MGAs, as wholesalers, as pass throughs, um, as all these different functionality where essentially they're becoming e-agencies. And, you know, that's where I think. I think we different. I think that's where that you know. And again, I'm not trying to pitch trustedchoice.com. I'm just talking in terms of I'm using it as an example. And obviously, I work there. And if I didn't believe in what we were doing, I wouldn't work here. But I think that's the difference. You have to respect the system. You have to innovate and disrupt with a respect for the people and the regulation that make it so the consumers don't get completely screwed. Yeah, but but I mean, let's just talk turkey, right? The honest truth is those people that are that that are switching their approach to the market are now they're being rewarded in valuation. So they're clearly going to where investors would like to see them go because you you've seen the crazy valuations that these some of these companies are getting, right? Yeah. You know, well there's there's no doubt, dude to be to get respect in this industry you have to write the business right i mean there's no doubt about it and for people who are hungry i mean and you used this word the other day right you used the word hungry and i and i think you know when we go to the basic the basic all the way down what is the basic thing what is the primary thing the core idea that makes it that that has some agencies learning and growing and pushing and striving and becoming better and moving and adopting new principles and and these other agencies that just kind of are the live in the quagmire of complaining about the world changing and it has to do with are you hungry or not and i get that if you're bringing home $300,000 in personal income every year for turning your lights on that you're not hungry anymore i get that 
that's this is you know insurance is the original lifestyle business. I can't fault that agency. But as you know, at, at trustedchoice.com, at other vendors, at carriers, at associations, we need to search for the hungry agents. And in some cases, that's not going to be the principal. That's going to be you know Sally or John working in the second level as a producer, getting paid some crappy commission split. But they're hungry, and we need to find them and figure out how to take that agent or that, you know, maybe they're not even an agent yet, and and move them into a, a position where they can continue to grow. And, and I don't have the exact answer for that, but, you know, it's that idea. How do we find the hungry people? You're talking and, crazy and, talk, man. You're talking disruption there. You're talking, you're going to start getting emails and letters from agency principals who are wondering what the hell you're talking about, man, because that is crazy talk. Well, I may have a solution for those agency principals so that they both are able to feed that hunger and keep that. that uh, really? What would that be? That, um, now I am going to pitch everyone that's listening. So Marty and I have been working on Agency Nation University for a long time. And we finally, uh, the course has a name, it has an outline, and we've started to build out the content for this course. We're probably about four or five Four weeks, I'd say, away from a beta launch. We're about eight weeks away from an actual hard launch to the full public. But we have our very first course coming out, zero to sales, zero to sales. This is going to be a course that is going to be like, it's going to be the digital launch pad for insurance producers who want to grow their book of business online, right? So you're the agency principal and you're sitting there and you go, you know, I don't really feel like learning this stuff. But man, my my kid, you know, my daughter, my son, who's who's they would love this. This is how they take their book of business to the next level. This is how they take this agency to the next level when they take it over. This is going to be the course that's going to do that, Marty. I let me you know let me throw, let night, me throw a radical thought at it, at you. Maybe the concept is I want the people that are my per- perpetuation plan to understand this so that the value of my asset grows. And I can retire in the style to which I have become accustomed because my agency is going to be worth X more because my second layer of producers are leveraging these technologies, these capabilities, these new skills. Yeah. You know, and the other piece to it, too, it, it, you know, I, you know, I say that I, I said what I said before and you said, oh, my God, you're going to start getting emails from principals. I am not advocating for insurance producers to go out and start their own agency. Well, maybe start maybe their own agency. <laughs> No, well, no, no, I'm not. I'm not advocating that. I mean, look, there are some instances where the, the principal just yeah, is, are is, com- is a complete stories, But we know that most, most relationships that, that's, are not that way. Yes, that's not the case. That, you know, for, in most instances, that's not the case. So that's not who I'm speaking to, right? If you're a producer and you're working for someone who just is never, ever going to give you a shot or unleash the rent, you got to, you got to, you got to, you know, take control of your own life and find a better opportunity. There are plenty of places where maybe the agency principal or leadership isn't interested in taking on digital marketing, but is more than willing to let the people who are support your efforts. Yes. I mean, I would say that is actually the vast majority of cases. I mean, remember these, you know, at different times in my career, I've been hard on agency principals. And I think as I've matured a little bit, um, and just grown into the industry and, and got a better understanding of of what it's like to build an agency and 
you know, my my wife is part of a family business that's been in, been around for 43 years now, and I've seen her and her sister and her brother and her dad working through the issues every single day that they have to deal with. And I, I firmly believe that, you know, we give agency principals a hard time. And what I think zero to sales is going to be is the guidebook, right? The the, the, the path, I know you hate the term step by step, but just the, this is the place where when you guys are sitting in the room and the, the 35 year old is going, you know, we, we need to be on Facebook and the 50, you know, the, the 60 year old is going, I don't have a clue what this book face is. You know, the, 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 the 35 year old can go, I would really like to get, to get into this zero to sales course and community and just start networking with people and better understand how to take this business to the next level, right? And digitally, right? Digitally. And um, uh, I'm just excited about it, man. I, I was up at midnight last night working on uh, working on this stuff and I'm just, I'm kind of psychotic uh, and that's why I was up at midnight. But, um, you know, I just, I'm putting this together and I'm going, holy shit, this is going to be really freaking valuable. And I'm excited about that. And I think that, um, I think the real disruption is going to be the mass adoption by independent agents of digital business, right? I mean, to put a, to put a broad term on, on everything we talk about, right? It's when, when every agency in the country has someone in that agency who's, you know, who's advocating for e-signature, who's, you know, talking with their web designer, making sure that the latest promotion or latest, you know, um, uh, not for profit supported is on there, and you're doing some paid ads, and you're, um, you know, uh, connecting with people via whatever tool, and you're, you know, all the things that we talk about. When every agency in the country is doing that, that's the disruption. That's when all these people look like idiots because you're going, I, how can I compete with a local agency who's doing what we're doing? And every local agency can do this stuff. It just takes a little bit of grit and determination. Couldn't couldn't have said it better. So I know that was a pretty hard <laughs> I didn't mean it to be a hard sales pitch. It was. I'm just excited about this course. You're gonna you guys are gonna hear more about it. Um and uh I hope you're not turned off by that. But I'm just excited about it. I'm excited. I've always wanted to build a community like this and and be able to really provide value. Um and Agency Nation as a platform, the, the front end will always be free. We'll always have great articles and videos and, and this podcast always be free. But I'm excited to kind of take it to another level and be able to really dive into topics um, with people who who are invested, right? I mean, really, the cost of the course is 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 you saying to me and to Marty and to Sydney Rowe, who's working on on this project with us as well, Um I'm invested in this, right? Because when it, we've learned over and over again, when something is free, it's kind of like, eh, when I get to it. When you have to pay for something, you care more, you spend more time on it, and that's what we want. We just want your attention. We want people to come in and say, man, I'm going to give this a second look, and I'm going to watch this video for a third time, and I'm going to know exactly what's going on inside my Google Analytics account so that... uh I can pull out that piece of information which allows me to create the blog post so that I capture five more leads next month. Like this is the kind of stuff that we're going to be talking about and it just excites me to be able to go that deep uh, into these topics. Uh, so I hope people are excited too 
Um, probably everyone is turned off this podcast now. Yeah. Like, oh my yeah, god, yeah, yeah. they just pitched That's, me for like fifteen I, minutes. But, I want to uh, change our topic here. Yeah, let's change the topic. Let's change the topic. I I don't think we want to go into what what uh, we talked about. So I'm gonna I'm gonna you know curveball uh, audible on you, and you're gonna just gonna have to wing it. Um, we've had a project, sort of a, a stealth project, in the background for a little while now, and uh, I'm pretty excited because yesterday we we sort of did a deep dive on it, and um, I think I think we can uh, tip the cards a little bit and, and and tell our listeners Agency Nation's about to get a major makeover, and it's going to be fun. Uh, we are going to the next generation of uh, software. Those of you who've been with us since day one have uh, seen us grow from a, a pretty bland and boring um, site. I mean, obviously, we've got we bring you great content every week. That's what we work hard to do. But I'm really excited about uh, this new platform and all the all the capabilities that it's going to give us the ability to do. One of them is this whole thing that Ryan was talking about. But but just give me your thoughts on on the the, the, the makeover. Yeah, I, well, obviously I'm excited about it. It's going to be a nice, clean design. It's it'll be it'll have a fresh look. Um, it'll it's going to integrate uh, some of the coursework and membership side and. And all that stuff, it'll, and it's just, it's just nice. And, and, and this is the other thing too, um, you know, I think websites in general, the general thought process is like, once I do it once, then I've done it. And, um, you know, websites today, every two, every three, every year, really, you need to freshen it up. You know, and the, and the good thing about that is where they used to cost $50,000 to make a website today. A freshen up is a couple grand. You you, right? rose, and I think- you rose to the bait like a muskie coming after my major reef hog. All right, <laughs> I just laid it out there for you, and you took it. That's exactly where I was going, Ryan. I mean, <laughs> we need people to understand that a website, your website, is the front door of your agency or of your insurance company, right? And and it is critical. It is critical that you invest the appropriate effort to make it as welcoming as possible. And we've got lots of resources and we've talked about this many times, but don't overlook it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and, and here's the other thing too, is when you go through these, these exercises of redoing your website, um, it has forced us as a team to rethink our value proposition, rethink the way we talk about Agency Nation, rethink about, rethink our messaging and our mindset and what are our goals. And like that may feel like at a certain level, you might be, you might be saying, oh, you know, that's the fluffy stuff that doesn't make any money. Words matter. Words matter. They they matter a lot. And um, it's just, it's a really good exercise. And I would say as a team, we have a better understanding of what we're trying to achieve. Uh, our, the flow of the website will be easier. We're incorporating some different elements that we haven't in, had in there before. And I just think that um, I'd say every 24 months, you should go through a redesign process. It doesn't mean you have to blow it up and do, do something completely new, but just maybe change the colors a little bit or or uh, freshen up your, your logo or your, you know, whatever. I mean, maybe you don't need to freshen up your logo, but the, the idea is that, um, taking a day or a week or a couple days and just 
uh, doing a complete refresh of your site and saying, hey, you know, we've had this tagline for a while. Um, let's try this or let's A-B test a couple different taglines and see if that doesn't improve our conversion rate on our homepage or our landing page. And, you know, the work of digital marketing um, and actually uh, Chris Paradiso said this a long time ago. He said, uh, actually, he said this, geez, uh, uh, probably five years ago now. Um, he said, it's time for our industry to stop hiring producers and to start hiring marketers. I think he was half right. I don't think that we stop hiring producers and stop hiring marketers. I think we hire producers that are marketers and marketers that are producers. And we think not just in a, you know, club them over the head, drag them back to the office mentality of the traditional producer. We think with this hybrid mentality of, of marketing and sales as a, as a mixture, right? Everyone has a little bit of marketing, a little bit of sales, and then it just becomes part of your life. And it's not like, let's stop everything and put our marketing hats on. Um, and I really think that's the future. And we're starting to see that. I mean, there's some incredible examples of that going on uh, out there in the ecosystem yeah. right now. I, you know, I, what I would encourage each of our listeners to do is spend some time, some quality time on the web, looking at current cutting-edge websites. doesn't have to be in the insurance business. Go out there and look at websites that are well done. Then go take a look at yours. And hopefully you will see that you're pretty close to being, you know, looking modern. But unfortunately, I think some people will, when they look at that, they'll, they'll realize, oh my gosh, this thing looks like it was built in 1998, even if it was built in 2010, right? It just, the, the, the pace, and I am the furthest thing from a web designer, okay? I mean, I, I, but, but the point is, the, the pace of change is so fast and what is considered to be sort of good design changes, you know, every couple of years. And that's why Ryan is suggesting that you need to have that refresh on that same kind of cycle because you need to look like you're a business that cares, that gets the whole digital thing, or you will miss that segment of the population that's shopping for insurance. Yeah, to put a bow on this, think about it this way. Would you wear a 10-year-old suit to the most important sales call of your life, right? It's a little worn, the elbow's a little worn, the waist doesn't really fit anymore, whether it's too big or too small. You know what I mean? Like, the most important sales call of your life, would you walk in with a 10-year-old suit? No, no. If you didn't have a new nice suit, you would go buy a new nice suit and you would walk in there because when you walked into that office, you would want that person to look at you and go, wow, this guy, this woman, they take their, their, themselves seriously. They take their work seriously. This looks like someone I could, I could do business with. The same exact thing is happening every day on your website. So if your website is four years old and it looks four years old or your website is 10 years old or in some cases 15, 20 years old and it looks like that. People are going, wow, these guys can't really be that serious about their business. Their website looks like crap. And I would think the same thing, right? I think you would think the same thing. If you went to do business with somebody and you got to their website and you're like, ugh, geez, like they can't even, websites cost like 1500 bucks these days. Like they can't even be bothered to update their website. Like 
I think you'd think the same thing. So, um, Marty, we, we've kind of, we've gone all over the place. We've, we, today, I think, uh, I, I, I love to talk about Theranos. I didn't mean to talk about Agency Nation University so much. It just is like, it's top it's of like mind. The biggest, it's the biggest thing on my brain right now. And I think this conversation about websites is really important. So I think, we, I think we'll put a bow in this thing. I think we'll wrap it up right here. I, I do want to say uh, anyone who's interested in learning more about Agency Nation University, all you got to do is go to Agency Nation, so agencynation.com, and you'll see in the top menu bar, University. So just click on that, sign up. Uh, all you have to do is enter your name and email, and you'll be notified of when these things start to come out. And people who are on that list have the opportunity of being uh, beta testers and getting discounts and all that kind of cool stuff or doing absolutely nothing. So if you're interested in learning more, agencynation.com, and at the top, you'll see the word university. Click on that. That'll take you to the page where you can sign up, and just uh, that way you'll be in the know as we start to roll out uh, more and more stuff about um, what I think is going to be the most gangster insurance sales and marketing course that has ever been created in the history of the world. And as always, if you liked what you heard here, reach out to us. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting network. What was our big news this week, Ryan? Oh, yeah. We uh, we finally got accepted into Google Play Music. So if you're an Android listener and you use Google Play, uh, you can now listen to Agency Nation Radio there. So just uh, search Agency Nation Radio and you'll find all our latest episodes. Perfect. I think we're out. What do you think? Cool. Let's get out of here, man. 